Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Football Social Daily. Premier League updates. Hello, welcome to Football Social Daily, your only daily Premier League podcast that you can find anywhere out there in podcast land. So make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss another episode. We're with you seven days a week and today is no different. We'll be looking back across the Champions League action for our Premier League teams last night. Liverpool with a convincing win away from home in the group stages of the Champions League, something they haven't done for two years, believe it or not, against Belgian club Genk and Chelsea with a really crucial 1-0 victory away at Amsterdam. Ajax, the team that reached the semi-finals of the Champions League last year Frank Lampard with a decent victory there Batshuayi with a late goal for the Blues we'll also be talking about Manchester United and Wolves exploits in the Europa League this evening how will they get on and how will that reflect on their Premier League performances this coming weekend I'm Niall alongside me in the studio we have Adam Brown hello Adam hi Niall you're right. yeah I'm good and we have Joe McGrath as well hello Joe how are you doing you okay everyone I'm fine. Have a lovely I'm day yeah, I'm good I'm, I'm good we're getting there we're getting towards the weekend which means there's more football to observe which yes. is obviously what everyone wants but last night the Champions League was the uh, the order of the day Liverpool uh, the stat was going around Adam that they hadn't won an away game in the group stages of the Champions League for two years, which you think that they got to the final two of those two years. That's a mad stat, really. Mm. It's crazy to think you can get to the final and not win those games. Do you know what I mean? Like You, you just think, <laughs> how's that happened? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think good confidence boost for Liverpool as well. And, you know, quite a few people are saying like, oh, after that United game, the wheels come off as well. They drew against mm. United. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's not exactly, a, I wouldn't say it's, you know, disastrous times for him. You know what I mean. But yeah. it's not. I think for Liverpool fans, if there was any slight doubt that there might be a wobble, I think that's a nice confidence boost to take. You know, to take back into the Premier League fixtures last night. Indeed, and we got also think as well. In the last two years, of the Champions League, they've got to the final. So the group stages hasn't really held them back. Not getting the win away from home, but I know it kind of might just stay upon them that kind of stat that they've not done well. But that four-one win is what they kind of needed to to sort of go. Okay, that's Champions League. We're back again, and you know they'll be an absolute force if they get to the Champions League final again this yeah. year, three times That'd yeah. be on crazy. the bounce. That would be absolutely crazy. Uh, but as we say, Liverpool got the victory. Jurgen Klopp, though, wasn't too happy with the entire he performance. Yeah. He never seems to be entirely happy, but has he got cause for concern? You say, like, jokingly, the wheels are coming off, but it doesn't seem that way. It doesn't feel that way, but... Klopp's not been happy with the way that Liverpool played against United and now against Genk. Well, the thing is, it's not a bad. Sometimes I don't think it's a bad thing. If you're demanding, you know, he's demanding that much from his players, yeah. and, and if they're getting the results, but there's still you know work to be done. He, he wants perfection. That's the thing about Klopp. You know, he's, he's he's a great manager, and he wants them to be firing all cylinders. They've made a few changes last night. They rotated the midfield a little bit, didn't they? And Oxley Chamberlain came in. Mm. Good performance by him. Got a couple of goals. Um, more Liverpool fans have been trying to 
kind of champion, you know, Keita playing a little bit more as well, yeah. Keita, which I think he's shown, he's paid a lot of money from him, didn't he, as well? But look, it looks like he's going to come in and play a little bit more now. And they've had a very set 11, haven't they, for the past, you know, two years or whatever. So now yeah. it's ch- changing a little bit, having to mm. use that squad. Is there? Is it going to be harder for them to adapt with the, with the squad? I think a set 11 was a sort of good back in the day. You used to know you set 11 and that was it and it wouldn't change unless injuries came in mm. and that's what, you know, really dominated football was knowing the, the, the absolute incredible team you're going to go up against. That was the elite team. So yeah. Fergie had his set 11. Obviously, he changed strikers now again inside the match itself uh, with like Solskjaer coming off the bench and, you know, giving people more of a headache. City don't have a set 11. They change, they chop, they move strikers about, they move midfielders about just because then you never know what you're going to come up against. Yeah. Liverpool, maybe you're worried now that Klopp has got such an incredible set 11 but if you start to figure out that set 11 what's his plan B and I think that's what Klopp might be worried about and what's coming across in the press conference he's like mate don't know his plan B because once his set 11 fails to work then what, what's he got what's, he, what's in his locker so I think an issue with it as well is that this is what you know some teams sit in the last five years United previously for the last 15 20 years have had teams raising the game yeah. and now it's happening Liverpool are becoming the one of the top teams, if not yeah. the top team in England, you know, City and Liverpool, you know, way out ahead of everyone else. Everyone's raising the game, sure. you know, and they were stunned that United mm-hmm. raised the game at weekend. They were shocked. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, were, oh my were, god! Were. Well, that's what Liverpool used to do week in week. Every season, to United, they'd raise their game. They've got three massive games in the next five fixtures. They've got uh, Tottenham. Yeah, they'll be difficult. Yeah. They've got Arsenal in the uh, cup. But then they've got two ones that they should get through with Villa and Genk again. Uh, Genk again, like that one. Uh, then they've got City. Oh, I love it. The 10th of November. That would be good in that. 10th of November. So what? what's that? Not long. That's, that's, far uh, off. that's a lot of games in what the space is. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. over two weeks for Liverpool. And obviously Spurs thrown in there as well. You can't help but think that, again, that Liverpool versus City game, when it does come around, is going to be the... Not the title decider, but look how much of an impact the last one had in, yeah. in last season. Yeah. I mean, if they drop at any points before that in the league... It, it, it's that's it makes it even more. I mean, City have got to be flawless as well in the league as well. Yeah. We can't afford to drop any more points now until we play them. Um, but I think if, if Liverpool can get through those games, the Tottenham game is going to be big. I think because all right, Spurs aren't the team that they were last season. There's a lot of issues going on at Tottenham at the moment, but you still don't know what Spurs is going to turn up. Do you know mm. what I mean? There's more the more pressure that gets put on Pochino. You think as they need they need a big performance and, and it could it could it be a draw? Could they beat Liverpool? If they beat them and then that game then in November City Liverpool so much rides on it. So much rides on it. It's exciting. It's exciting. It's, it's <laughs> Love it. Crunch it's time. Um you mentioned about the change of midfield for Liverpool. Alex Oxlade Chamberlain scored two goals. One of them, well both were good goals. Yeah, one yeah. of them was an absolute screamer with mm. like the outside of his foot. And uh, I did see quite a funny meme suggesting that this is going to be Oxley Chamberlain's face when he knows that he's going to get benched for uh, for the usual Liverpool midfield, like you say, the, the set eleven. But set eleven. That's that's a positive because he's been out for for ages and mm. eighteen months without playing the Champions League. And I know it's only against Genk, but to score a goal like that at, at any standard, I mean, if, even if you were playing like a minnow team in the FA Cup, yeah. you'd get a buzz off of scoring a goal like that, surely. Yeah, and I think, obviously, it's good to see what Chamberlain could come into. We had a lot of focus around him in his early stages of the career. You know, there was a lot of buzz around him, and we do give a lot of British players a lot of buzz early doors. Uh, then a couple of injuries, a move away, it wasn't really settling down for him. But, you know, if he, if he starts to perform now, it could be the, his, his moment, his time. This could coming into his peak of his career where he looks back and goes that was when I played to my best football and fair play to him if that comes off 
I do think he's a good player. I like him. I've just I just want to see more of him. Um, and I, what Joe said there is quite true. As soon as you get a player that's you know a young English player, a young British player, so much is put on him, so much mm. pressure. Think about how many players we've had that are meant to be the next big thing. You know, yeah. Wilshire, Ross Barkley, all them ones have never quite gone to that top tier. I think Chamberlain offers something different though. I think he's got a lot of energy. I think he's got a lot of power considering he's quite a small kind of. You know he's he's small frame, but he's, yeah. he's he's a good player. I think if we can see more of him, but we'll be able to dislodge any of the uh, the three in midfield that Liverpool seem to depend on. I think injury is the only way he's going to become a, a first team regular. I think you might be right there. And actually, it's funny you say about pressure being put on young English players. Do you remember for City you had um, was it Michael Johnson? Yeah, I remember yeah. Michael. Johnson. And then there was these pictures circulating of him in the kebab shops and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, what yeah, a player! Yeah. What a player he was, though. Honestly, but it just he shows you don't still have with much confidence. He was, he was good, but I think it's because we didn't have any money at the time. <laughs> we, were, we needed something that was going to dr- drag us out of the, of the des- mm. despa- desperation that we were in at the time, but, you know, he was decent. But it shows how quick the wheels can fall off for a player, and it's hard to stay on the straight and narrow We look at Joe Hart as well, well if you even, want to look at Joe Hart. Well, Joe Hart's Sat there with City, Joe Hart. He wants to leave Burnley because he's not even getting in Burnley's first. No, wheels came right off there, didn't they? <laughs> Quick fit, stunned, they don't know what to do. <laughs> a United example would be someone like Ravel Morrison. Who's obviously no, let's go back to City's example. Yeah, Nick Richards, what happened to him? <laughs> got some bad injuries, Richards. You're going to start blaming Ledley King then. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to him? Exactly. Anyway, moving on Ledley now King. to Chelsea. Uh, away at Ajax, the early kickoff in the Champions League. A 5.55pm UK time kickoff. First of all, how do you feel about that as football fans? Because... I was still at work and I totally forgot that the, <laughs> that the game had kicked off and I was on Twitter and I was like, oh, what, the Chelsea game started already? Obviously for TV reasons, but for football fans, I mean, what, you, what do you it's make of it? It's just a weird time in here at 5.55 as well. It's just to it's, round it up. It sets you off a bit like <laughs> when I was listening to the radio yesterday, obviously the commentary came on and I automatically just added two hours to the day. I felt like it was <laughs> half eight at night. I wondered why it wasn't dark outside. I thought this has spun my head a bit, but that's because we're so used to these times. You've got to think we're at a good time where the games kick off at half seven. Uh, yeah. Well, half seven to eight o'clock. That's kind of when the game kicks off. But across Europe, it changes obviously with the time difference. Yeah, yeah. So obviously they've changed and chopped things to suit well, you would have thought a majority of the European audience for what is uh, the club competition that we all love to watch. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, just to look at the the, the change that they made in, in the starting lineup. I mean, Chelsea—they've not really got what would say a you know a settled eleven really because they change yeah. it so often. Yeah. But they ended up um, having five youth players uh, featured again for Chelsea, which is great. And we've you know I've I've you know sort of. Praise their youth youth system and youth players loads in the last couple of <laughs> yeah. weeks. They're all quality. Yeah, they and are. Like, like, even though he only came in the 90th minute, but uh, Reese James came on and he's a, he's a hell of a player. Yeah, he's a really exciting one to watch for the future. And speaking of uh, five to six kickoff times, Manchester United are playing at five to six tonight, Joe. So yeah. don't spin yourself out by uh, by not preparing <laughs> for that. Um, as you say, Adam, loads of young players in Chelsea squad. Lampard said it was the most satisfying victory for him because Ajax are a hell of a side, and if there's ever a blueprint. To, to look from in terms of how to build young players into your squad and perform, then surely Ajax is the is the go to club. Oh, absolutely! I mean, they, you know, they have they've done that for years and years and years. And all the problem is, as soon as they you know get a player that, that's great, they get, usually get picked by one of the massive clubs in Europe, don't they? But Chelsea have got the advantage of almost you know copying that that blueprint in a lot of ways. And you look at some of the players there. You know, Abraham started, Hudson Adoy, uh, Mason Mount started again, Tomori as well. He's looking better week you know week by week. Yeah. Obviously, uh, you know, Reese James came on. They've just got some absolutely quality players who don't look out of place at all. It just surprises me. And I'm just thinking, is it that championship experience that, that's added to that? Because you know, 
obviously with City, Phil Foden's the only kind of young player that we we really champion at the moment. Yeah. Um, obviously, what happened the other night in the Champions League with, with with City, a little bit of a disappointing ending for him, really. In that, in that game, mm. these things happen. But these Chelsea players, there's something. I just think the. I mean, it's frightening to think that they could be in two or three seasons. Well, I just think it's just the blend of experience. You look at someone like Alonso, who's been at Chelsea for a while, same as Aspilicueta. Zuma's reasonably experienced, although quite young. Um, the likes of Willian as well is a sort of an elder statesman of that Chelsea team now. And even on the bench, uh, there's people like Giroud, who's played in the Premier League for like 10 years nearly now. So. There is a blend of experience there, which is obviously going to be helpful. I think it's a great balance as well to have. It's, it's almost the perfect kind of amount of you know senior players who've been there, know the score, know what it's like to be at Chelsea, have you know, got the mentality. Mm. But then to have those top, top quality young players that you know you can depend on, rely on. I, I, in a weird way, I just think it's quite exciting times to be a Chelsea fan. I know yeah. some Chelsea fans might think, oh, we're not going to be winning the big trophies this season or whatever, but... I'd be thinking actually, you know what? I'm I'm enjoying watching this team it's and seeing how it's going to develop. It's just starting to click for them as yeah. well after a sort of a sluggish start. It's just starting to to click for them. Batshuayi scored for for Chelsea, Joe, late on in the game. He missed a really good chance before that. What does that say though about Olivier Giroud? Because there's been links with him going to Crystal Palace over the last couple of weeks. He's won the World Cup as recently as a couple of summers ago. He's a proven Premier League goal scorer, but yep. he's been kept out of the team by the likes of Abraham and, and Batshuayi. Do you, can you see him moving on from Chelsea this January? I think if he wants to move on, uh, maybe he should do. But I also think that they should look at uh, United's mistake and get rid of uh, attacking players that could uh, potentially come on when you need them. Uh, obviously, if they've run out of options, Giroud coming on, it could be class. If he wants to start, he's coming to a stage of his career now where he might have to adapt. Does he go to a, a, a lesser team and start playing regularly? Because that's what you must suggesting there with Palace or does he accept his faith that he, he might be coming on for the last 10-15 minutes still playing top high end football but maybe not getting as, as regular starts as he wants when he makes that decision we'll all see it because he'll either move away or he will just keep playing for Chelsea and it's a good option for Lampard to have off the bench mm. just a guy who can put the ball in the back of the net yeah. for them because you, you look at United when we go to our bench you'd rather have a Premier League striker who scored goals than a 17 year old do you yeah. know what I mean yeah. that's personally so would you take him at United for example oh because, you know, he's, <laughs> is he still good enough to play for a yeah. top club? Because he does offer you something different, a different option, as Joe says. He reminds me of like an option like Lorente was, you yeah. know, that kind of, he's, you know, he's six foot three, six foot four. He's a big guy, Giroud. Yeah. You know, he's played nine, he's nearly 100 times for France. You know, you don't do that, do you? Do you know what I mean? If you, no, but do you know what I mean? Think about France, the options they've had over the years. He's played nearly 100, nearly 100 caps up front. Wow. It's not bad, that. Yeah. Right? He's, and he's people are going about his goal-scoring record. The only problem with it is he's never managed to... See, he's never re- really been, like, the guy, has he, for the team. Even at Arsenal, he was kind of like, you know, even though he had, a, he had a run here and there, then he'd bring another striker in, then he'd kind of be the one who'd miss out. And, again, for me, I would keep him around just for his experience and also what the young players can learn from him. I think that's that. You know, get Abraham, you know, round him, like learn from him. Take, you know, look what he's done in his careers. Any advice? He's worth having him on the bench. I think to to throw yeah. on. I think you're right as well, Joe. In terms of striking options, I think you need three really yeah. to to have a bit of a rotation there. But anyway, good victory for Chelsea away in Amsterdam. We're going to take a quick break now on Football Social Daily, but stay tuned because afterwards we'll be talking about the Europa League, the other European competition where Manchester United and Wolves are in action. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Football Social Daily. Premier League updates. 
Welcome back to Football Social Daily, your daily Premier League podcast from the Sports Social. I'm Niall. I've got Adam and Joe alongside me in the studio. And Joe, as a Manchester United fan, I'm sure you're looking forward to tonight's game away at Belgrade. Yep. So uh, a Europa League game for Manchester United. Is it fair to say that this is United's best chance of qualifying for the Champions League this season? The old Jose Mourinho route, going well, to the Europa League and win it? Unfortunately, we've not had the best start to the group stage. Uh, obviously, we had the nil-nil uh, in the last uh, European tie. We won our first out in, but it's it's difficult to see uh, us getting into the top four this season, considering we are two points off relegation zone in a minute. <laughs> so, yeah, you would look at the Europa League and you would say, OK, that is probably our greatest chance of Champions League football. Um, I'd personally want to go down the route of ending the Europa League right now uh, and just focusing on the Premier League and just focusing on how we're going to move our way back up to the top. I would worry in a in a way that we end up getting Europa League football again next year. I mean, even that, that be might success? be success. No, it wouldn't be a success. Uh, I think Europa League not from this the, position. It wouldn't be a success. No, it's I, the minimum. I think Europa League has a damage on Manchester United's uh, future. I think these games just throw spanners in the works that we don't personally need. If we were now sitting here today focusing on. Um, our next game which is obviously Norwich uh, on on Sunday and that would personally be better for me but we're flying the team across Europe loads of time changes big game of football and we'll probably get a nil-nil do you know what I mean and Rashid will pick up an injury and next thing you know Norwich beat us (laughs) (laughs) do you know what I mean mean. it hinders our league and let me just bring that into the equation because I said to you just before we started the show that Manchester United in my opinion have got quite a favourable run of fixtures coming up so it's Norwich and then Chelsea will be tough as it always is. But after that, Norwich, Chelsea, Bournemouth, Partizan again, and then Brighton, Sheffield United, Aston Villa and Spurs. That's all league games. But in between, on the 28th of November, it's Astana away. And that's in Kazakhstan. And that's <laughs> not the European wreck. side of Kazakhstan. That's 5,000 miles. It's a, a nine-hour flight. Yeah, it's like it's... flying to the United States and coming back again. And then you've got to play Aston Villa at Old Trafford just three days later. This is what this is the point I'm getting at. We're a very weak squad. You know who's going to be playing up front for United every game. Obviously, we're in a position now where we could mix and mix and match Rashford and Martial. But um, before it, it was just Rashford who would be on the starting sheet for United every single game. The lad will be worn out so quick, and and that trip is lengthy and uh, and it will mess up your head. You're getting used to things. It, it's just not. For us, I don't think the thing we need right now is Europa think, League football. Do you know what? It actually shows the fact that you as a United fan, Joe, are worrying about that. And I think you're right to worry about it. It does show that United's squad is the weakest it's ever been, really, mm-hmm. as a yeah. squad. not It's not starting 11, I'm on about a squad. Because you look at the teams in the past that have suffered with the Europa League qualification, Burnley, you know, and then their league form drops off, you know, because they've not got the squad depth, has they? And United haven't got that, unfortunately, yeah, uh, in a minute. Uh, we'll talk about them in a minute. Wolves haven't started this season yeah, great. Yeah, you know, so exactly. And you think United now in a similar situation to that, which, you know, through probably through Solskjaer's fault for or whoever's involved with, you know, getting rid of the, especially the strikers, it, yeah. it's difficult. And you're asking a lot to put, you know, inexperienced players to go to some of them places in Europe and play in front of some of the fans. Do you know what I mean? They're not nice places to go and play, are they really? They're unforgiving, you know, you don't know what the conditions are going to be like, the pitches, the the away fans can be, you know, you just don't know what yeah. you're going to throw 18, 19 year old players into really. So, yeah, it's a bit of a distraction for United. Mm-hmm. I think they'll, I personally think they'll probably pick up a result. They'll get through the group, but I don't know how far they're going to go this season. No, and that's what, 
you have to sort of look at. I think even the League Cup is quite damaging at the minute, especially we're going to miss Chelsea. You want to focus. <laughs> on, have everything. <laughs> you want to focus on our players doing well. The only sort of the, the core players we've got doing well in the Premier League. The only sort of kick up the backside might be is if we collapse and fall in these groups, then then the the board might think right. Well, we definitely need some players. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I honestly think the board are looking at us in the relegation zone now. Not not. Not asked. They're not panicking. They're not asked. <laughs> they are not asked. You know, it is. It, it's going to be a long, long, long season. Mm. A very, very long season. Which young players would you want to see get a game out in Belgrade tonight, Joe? Well, because thing, you've got a hell of a lot of them. Well, there's the a lot of players team. that I'm hearing. A lot of United fans are bigging up loads, and they're not the ones that are getting the chances. William Garner. Garner, yeah. yeah, then two should play. Angel uh, Gomez. Well, he gave shot. Gomez a couple of chances. Got to be honest with you, he came on. He played against Rochdale. <laughs> Didn't do much against Rochdale. I wonder, does he want? Does he need a bigger game with uh, more sort of pressure on it? Because these games. He, d- he didn't perform. You see, the he, thing is, they can't send him out on loan because they need him. Yeah. So that's yeah, you know, like, like Chong had heard so much about him, about no. how great he is, but he's not looked very. I mean, he's a young, he's a young player, so I'm not going to be quick to judge him. But he's not looked that great, really, from no. what I've seen so far. But you think if he'd had a season in the Championship, you know, toughened up a little bit, and he's come back, it could be, you know, could happen like some of the Chelsea players. But they, they're not got the luxury to do that because they need to play him. There's so a, there's know. an absolutely wild stat here. Manchester United obviously have this record of playing academy players in every game. Mm. How many games in a row do you think it's been since they last did Oh, it's, up there. it's, oh, up it's up got there. to be. No, if I'm not... right in thinking what I'm thinking. Go on. I'm I said it was wild. I'm thinking it's something like 3,700. No, I'm not having that. I'm not having it. It's got to be. 3,987, the amount of consecutive yeah. games that United's squad has contained in academy Oh, the graduate. squad. It's good though that it is good. You know, he's he's good because you know he's because fans. Yeah, well, you want to see you want to see. It's good when we're winning. Yeah, You want to see young players coming through. Yeah. And like it's very, when we when we as a city fan when we bring Phil Foden on when we're three 0 up, it's brilliant because we go look we're pushing we're pushing youth. Yeah, roof. Eighty fifth minute four 0 up. You know, great. Oh, fantastic. Phil, he's come on for the last ten minutes. What a player. But when you backs against the wall and you're fifteenth in the table. And you got to play, you know, against your closest rivals, and you got five academy players on. It's a whole different ball game, isn't it? It's difficult, but yeah. I'd like to see some of those players getting the chances. This Europa League now, in these, you know, the the lesser games as they were, it's time to to play them and and give them the experience. And if you go out, you go out. It doesn't matter. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Anyway, Manchester United away in Belgrade, Wolverhampton Wanderers also away as well. This time in Bratislava in Slovakia. They play against Slovan, also a 5-6 to six kickoff this evening. The game was supposed to be played behind closed doors because Slovan Bratislava have been sanctioned due to their fans uh, chanting racist abuse, which is, of course, nothing we want to see in the game at all. But there will be 21,000 people inside the stadium because they're giving free tickets to kids aged 14 and under. And Raul Jimenez for Wolves has said that it's going to be a weird atmosphere because you're not playing in an empty stadium. So when you first get the news through that you're going to be playing behind closed doors, you think, oh, it's going to be an empty ground. So you're mentally preparing for that. Then you get told that actually there's going to be 20,000 kids in the ground. So it's yeah. a completely different atmosphere altogether. It's going to be a so weird atmosphere. It's going to be like atmosphere. soccer aid, isn't it? Do you know that like charity <laughs> match? It's going to be like a charity match with kids clapping, loads of whistles. Rob Williams comes on for last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paddy McGuinness goes there, did not it? Manager from the touchline. Yeah. It's what it's going to be like for them. Uh, yeah, a bit of a shame, that the ball. The Vuvuzela's out as well, maybe, yeah, perhaps. Yeah. 
Um, but it's going to be weird. Like he, he says, it's not something he's ever experienced before. That many children inside a stadium. Um, I'm sure it'll be fine when the whistle blows and, and it gets down to it. But yeah, it's been a weird Real, season so far for Wolves in terms of what they've had to deal with. It, it, it has been a strange one. I feel like they've not really got going yet either. You know what I mean? I, I mean, they'll be absolutely fine in the Premier League, and I'm sure they'll they'll you know they'll kind of get some momentum and they'll go from strength to strength because he's a great manager and they've got some really really good players. Um, I, my worry is that, that this Europa League for them is a bit of a shop window and I've said this in the past about Wolves I, I just kind of worry a little bit that some of their players will get seen by the bigger clubs and they'll get snapped up you know, because yeah. they've got some players I think that could make that step up maybe, not just in the Premier League but yeah. to other European teams but I think they'll be okay I do think they'll, they'll be alright they just seem to sort of get the job done really and I just think that hopefully they can sort of crack on a little bit in the Premier League I, th- I think they'll be alright though in the Europa League they'll get, through the, they'll get through the group stages and I think they might get to the latter stages kind of last 16 maybe you'd expect that you'd expect them to be strong enough tonight to beat Slovan Bratislava uh, but in the league coming up next Joe they've got uh, Newcastle Aston Villa which is of course a derby Arsenal before another game uh, in Europe and then they play Aston Villa again oh. so they've got Aston Villa twice in the space of two weeks two derby games uh, and sandwiched between that is a game against Arsenal so although their focus is going to be on the Europa League they want to get far in that yep. competition it's hard not to keep an eye on some of these big matches coming up in the future as well. Yeah, and they should. You know, you would have thought that Wolves last year would have walked over four out of five of their matches or, mm. you know, and even put Arsenal through a lot of pressure. Uh, you might even see something ridiculous like, you know, them struggling a bit and then getting the win against Arsenal because they're in that position now where they're not doing uh, as good. So, uh, you know, I did like to see Wolves when they were playing attacking football last season. They obviously gave United a headache uh, a couple of times, especially in the FA Cup. But um, if they can get back onto form, there is there is teams now who start the Premier League off really well, who are having a bit of a wobble, and their sort of place can be taken by Wolves if they get into form. Yeah, I just can't see it. I can't see him being dragged. There's always one team that you say that oh, unexpectedly get dragged into uh, into the relegation fight. I, I think it's way too early to start thinking about that. I just think they've had a little bit of a you know, a slow start, which does, it can happen. They've had a bit of distraction from the European competition, but I do think they've got enough strength in depth to get through that and also to crack on. And they still play good football. And and I think he's a good manager. So I think they'll be absolutely fine. Yeah, absolutely. Well, gents, thank you very much for that. This has been Football Social Daily. I'm going to... Take a break for a week. I'm going to go to, to Vegas, <laughs> which is, some might say isn't a break. But make yeah. sure you hit subscribe, guys, if you're listening to the show, because you will hear uh, some new voices hosting the show that haven't hosted it before. So there's going to be some debuts next week. So <laughs> if, if anything but entertainment, subscribe anyway. Uh, but make sure you, as well that you follow us on Twitter at The Sports Social and also dive into our Alexa skill. Just ask Alexa to open Sports Social for the latest daily Premier League news on your team. But that's it for now. And we'll speak to you tomorrow. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode.